this next one I, I found this afternoon. I thought it was inspired. I, I love this one to death. Sorry. Um, it's an ABBA one. Um, so uh, take a chance on me. Mm -hmm. But it's not chance, so much chance, about the main vocal, chance. it's the backing vocal. Yeah, it's that, it's the backing vocal. So instead of hearing what you normally hear, hear Jackie Chan's. <laughs> if you change your mind, take a chance, on the first thing in line, honey, I'm still free, take a chance on me. If you need me, let me know, gonna be around. If you got no place to go, when you're feeling down. Jackie Chan, Jackie Chan, David Chan, Jackie Chan. <laughs> got not the same, eh? He's, oh. Mate, you're famous. You're in an episode. Oh, wow. Music, movie, Hello, good evening. How are we all doing out there? Uh, welcome to Music, Movies and Madness. And, um... Happy Halloween, wherever you are. Tonight, oh. we're, we're, oh. tonight we are delving back to the year 1983. So, 1983. Any any thoughts on 1983, guys? Uh, scary year for fashion, that's for sure. Since we're on the <laughs> Halloween topic of Halloween. When oh. was Teen When was Teen Wolf? When was Teen Wolf? Bit later, was it? Ah, damn it. Yeah, eighties. Yeah, Anything, anything in the eighties was cool. Yeah, the yeah. Hoff, the Hoff, the Hoff ruled the small screen. Remember the Hoff? Oh. I think A Team might have been on, on about then too. Yes. Mm. Oh yeah, That's we were kind of, you know, we were a few years off what you call Glenn um, Peak Kid, which I think is about ten. Ten. <laughs> Peak Kid. We were not quite there yeah. yet, but still, there were some amazing TV shows on, weren't there? Oh yeah. Excellent. And some great movies that year. Yeah. Hey, you know, it was the year of Return of the Jedi, right? So as my background tonight is illustrating. Yeah. Um, and I can still remember very clearly going to see that at the movies. Mm -hmm. Aged whatever I was, six, seven. Flash. Uh, Flash. I, was <laughs> I so wanted a speeder bike. Oh, <laughs> so wanted a speeder bike. It was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> I do remember the car, the Return of the Jedi cards. Maybe they came with bubble gum. I can't yeah. remember. I've got they them were all. massive at school. Yeah, yeah. I got a whole collection of them. Have you still got those? Oh no, I bought them about twenty years ago. Oh yeah, um, yeah, I bought them twenty years ago, and uh, yeah, they were they're, huge. Yeah, they, they yeah. were. Um, and for some of us, that was the first glimpse of the movie. Um, mm. because we got our hands on those before we did the movie. Mm. Mm. That's right. I can remember we had like this photo book, like a storybook thing. And it had a picture in it that wasn't in the movie because it's obviously from an early cut. <laughs> and it was Luke in the Rancor pit. Oh, yeah. Um, but he had jumped up and grabbed hold of the grill. Uh, yeah, the yes, grills, that's yeah. right. And yeah, then there were people right. stomping on the, gr the grill yes. to get him to fall down. Yeah. yeah. But it was cut from the movie. Yes, it was. But there you go. Yeah. Good old right. bootleg, eh? A bit of... mm. Yeah. You know, you know, amazing that like George never put that in a special edition. No. <laughs> too busy, mate. Too busy. Missing with Jabba the Hutt. Well, quite. Yeah. So, what else happened? Well, uh, eighty-three. Karen Carpenter died. Oh, did she? Thirty-two. She was oh. thirty-two. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 
Um, Crazy got, drummer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she was mentally good, eh? Mm. Amazing drummer. And not not too bad on the old uh, vocals either. Apparently she did like most things one take. She just had Damn. that angelic voice. She did. She had an amazing voice, a bit like you, Dave. You know, dulcet yeah. tones, voice of an angel. Smoothness. Smooth. Um, that's gonna. Yeah, I'll, I'll be cutting final. Anyway. Uh, what else happened? Um, Shergar. Does anybody remember Shergar? Shergar. No. What's that? Shergar was a racehorse, and and the racehorse was kidnapped and ransomed for two million dollars. But uh, communication with the thieves broke down, and the ransom was never paid, and Shergar was never returned. Well, he was, but he was a tube of PVA glue by that point. But um, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, must really? No. Was where, where, where was that in the UK? Uh, that was in the UK, I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And uh, Eric Peters, does that name ring a bell with anyone? No, I'm not surprised. No. Eric no. Peters um, completed um, a sail from the Canary Islands to Guadalupe, and his voyage took 46 days. And he set the world record for uh, being crossing the Atlantic in the smallest craft. And it was a five foot eight inch barrel. Was it Erica Dwarf? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. nice. I see what you did there, Ian. I like it. Thanks, man. <laughs> Close to the that home, must have been, Close, Come we, on, we missed that. That was, we were, was pretty good. That, <laughs> that must have been dark. an uncomfortable journey, though. God. Dark days, weren't they, Glenn? This yeah, is like Christian. 1983, right? Before this is okay. So what are we doing? We got we got bloody um, inflation's out of control. Interest rates are really high. Muldoon, Muldoonism. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. He's Think got big. nanas. Yeah, Piggy Muldoon's got nanas. Literally got nanas on the country. And we got Longy the up the the, the upcoming David Longy, haven't we? Mm, mm, that's right. But it's a, mm. what you probably don't realize, Martin. New Zealand was so um, isolated. We, we, controlled but mm. uh, you couldn't actually bring stuff into the country right so remember those rich kids i won't name them but those rich kids at capity <laughs> primary school that would oh those ones overseas those ones all the, the stuff and we'd never seen it before it was like wow they've just been to another planet um yeah 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 they had shoes and everything eh? yeah well yeah <laughs> two two of them sometimes <laughs> Two matching, matching. Yeah. <laughs> oh, There's bloody foreign kids. Actually, it was the age of Pac-Man. You can't see my screen here. <clears throat> Pac-Man, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, yeah. And it was also the year that Super Mario Brothers came out on the first Nintendo console in Japan. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So first again, Super Mario. Again, probably not until like 1990. Did we ever see anything like that? Talking of the 90s, you guys probably got mashed by that point. Um, the last ever episode of MASH was screened in, in the States. Get this, get this. 105.9 million people watched the last episode of MASH. Holy moly. Yeah. Which was more Amazing. than any other event on what TV. Yeah. Until one Friends? of the Super Bowls in like 2000. Oh, Super Bowl. Okay. Um, oh. But 105 million people. Was uh, did Eric have anything on his boat to watch to watch it or? No, I think he probably ate some mash. 
bangers, bangers as well. Oh, bangers and mash. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, we're going to start this, the show this week. Oh, start the show. We're like 15 minutes in. But yeah. we're going to get into um, <laughs> albums. I'm, I'm going to start on albums. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. yeah, albums. Um, oh. Yeah. Um, Dave, do you want to start us off tonight? Oh, I'd love to, mate. I went for a um, an album like you did one year, Glenn, a compilation album. Oh, yep, yep. One that is, um, this is so good, this album, that it states on the back, note some tracks on this album have been edited to ensure maximum quality and content. <laughs> wow. <laughs> fucking songs and a half. That was, oh, that's gorgeous. We ran out of space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the album of is good. got is ah, look at that track man track man 83 83 so references it is wow. packed nice. full of goodness this album means a lot mm. to me i bought this from the thorndon fair about three years ago but um this came out in 83 uh i was seven going on eight and dad bought the cassette and Fabulous. it's probably possibly my earliest exposure to music that we chose that we you know that wasn't on the radio that we actually went out and well, dad actually went out and bought and it was one of those dad didn't have many tapes because basically he had that one and then everything else he had was from the late 60s and was like cliff richard or you know stuff that i just couldn't but then he bought this and it's, it kicks off with wacko jacko beat it beat it yeah beat it track yeah. one track not one. too bad not too shabby but you know it's packed with goodness. So you got Prince's Little Red Corvette. Uh-huh. Uh, you've got um, oh, but it, so it's a key. This is a Kiwi compilation, by the way. Um, you can't find this. Um, you can't even find this on YouTube. If you YouTube this, there is no one. I should. I ought to do that. It's Come like on, the hit zone eighty five. It's, eh? it's <laughs> shockingly. She won a couple of Kiwi you know, songs. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got them on the cheap. I don't think it'll. Um, it, it's certainly not going to go down in history as being one of the great albums ever made. But um, because it was the first album I, if you can call it an album, um, knew about, uh, and Dad played these songs every damn weekend, especially on a Sunday. Uh, I heard a lot of this album, and um, the, the two tracks, because it's a compilation album, you know, take your pick. You've got everything from Krista Berg on here to Dee Dee. It's Smash. like a. It's like a multivitamin pill, isn't it? Yeah, it's got, man. It's, it's got everything. It's got a lot. Got a bit of everything. And I'm going to Damn. play a, yeah. a couple of my um, favorite tracks on here, you fellas. So let's just um, cue up this one. This is this is stonking back. So th- this one, I didn't realize um, he was actually a she singing until many, many years later because I always thought it was a bloke. See what you think. Like the guy from Supertramp. Yeah. You hear this one? Mm-hmm. You thought this was a man? Wait, wait, wait. Pretty deep. Yeah. 
That's, that's one of my tracks. Oh, I really hit it. Go Jones. Go Jones. Give it everything. So, like, love that song. I mean, she's a sort of To me, that sounds like Chrissy Hine doing a David Bowie impersonation. (laughs) (laughs) So, who who did this? Joan Armour Trading, is it? Joan Armour Trading. Drop the pilot. Joan Armour Plating. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And I've got a question. What is a mahu? That is so true. I, I... I don't know. What's the it, mahu with you? Um, <laughs> African, What's the mahu with you? African word, mate. Get with it. Get cultured, Wallace. It's an yes. elephant rider. Is it? An ele- yeah, it was, it was, yeah, I knew it was something to do that. Yeah, yeah I knew yeah. that. That's a cracking song. I gig That's it. I gig song. it all that the is. time. And it oh, goes off every t- yeah, yeah, it goes off it. every time. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, oh, well, awesome. I bet you don't gig this one. This is my second track um, from the same side, whatever side that is. <laughs> Not important. Uh, this one by um, by a guy that was on the Rock and Tours podcast recently, Thomas Dolby. Uh, I think Dad loved this song because he seems to me with science. Oh. You gig this one, Ian. Value? I think so. I think so. It's a bit fucking weird in that, that song, but uh, that's <laughs> funny. Science. Science. It's kind of it's like uh it's all the kind of beautiful and shit things of the eighties all mashed into that sound. Absolutely. It's kind of cool, man. <laughs> no drum that when you hit it lasts for like thirty seconds, you know. <laughs> and the synths wee, 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 wee. totally. Um <laughs> It should never. Have, it did really well. It should never have gone anywhere. I mean, he's well known for that song. I mean, he, he's um, but yeah, it and makes me cringe, like, but makes me feel cool as well. It's totally <laughs> this whole album is cringe. I mean, it's based on they've just basically ripped off Pac Man, right? Just because Pac Man was it was huge, but yeah, they, they go, oh, you chuck chuck an album out there, and we'll just put a whole lot of random stuff on there, and we won't even put the whole song because we can get more songs on there if we just cut them in half. And they have literally halved the songs. They've taken out, yeah, they've taken out um, <laughs> parts of the song to cram. There's tons of songs. Oh, there's third, There's about forty six songs on that album. <laughs> and, How do they do? And it's a record. That is value for money. You can't. There's, there's, there's no money. eighty minute playlist there. That was produced by 
uh, Robert Muldoon, think big, get get more on there. Totally. totally. How do we do it? Yeah. Cut it in half. Cut it in half. No, no, no. Genius. I'm too busy breakdancing anyway. So. <laughs> and saying the word science. 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 <laughs> oh, so that's my contribution to the early eighties. Over to you, Martin. Wow. Back to you. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, memory lane, eh? Yeah. All right, Ian, what have you got for us? Oh, yeah. I, I really enjoyed this year. It was a good and, year, uh, Both of them. Yeah. I, I love the 80s. I really love it. And um, I'm actually going <clears> to <throat> come in with a um, with my song. So here you go. This is what I chose. You ready? There you go. That SRV. is the oh, one and only SRV, Stevie Ray Vaughan. The album yeah. is called Texas Flood. And I chose this album because I think it's probably, for me, it's like a really iconic album. Mm. So I was young. I was big into Stevie Ray Vaughan. That's um, Twitter. Yeah, that's Tinder. And um, yeah, and it was just, a, you know, I was massive into, I was learning an E chord and an A chord and a B7. And, uh, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan was there and the album is just full of bangers, one after the other. Bish, bash, bosh. I it's mean, a great album. He's no Thomas Dolby, though, is he? <laughs> no, quite a different aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah this, this, and he wore a cowboy hat. He did wear different. an amazing cowboy hat. Yeah, had an array of hats. cowboy hats. Good tasty hats. And belts. So, you always and belts. Belt. Yeah. Was he from Texas? Yes, they've got a bronze statue of him in Texas. Yeah, <laughs> he was from Houston, I believe. Yeah. Mm. So... A little bit about the album. I didn't actually realise some of this stuff, but um, it was the debut album, the first album, re uh, released in '83, and um, they were actually the band was picked up by Jackson Brown. Did you know that? Yeah. No, mm, never did I. But saw them gigging, uh, approached them afterwards, and offered uh, the band his personal studio for three days and they took him up on the offer probably a good idea i would have thought you know and they went off to los angeles and they recorded uh the 10 tracks that are on texas flood uh all done in one take no overdubs yeah and wow. his guitaring i mean i'll get into stevie rain a little bit but the, the that particular album for that time when you listen to the 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 tone it's all about the tone right and for guitars and he's just it's oh 
And again, reading that, he borrowed a, an amp from Jackson Brown. He didn't even use his own guitar amp. And he had one pedal, a tube screamer. That was wow. it. Yeah, that's a guy that knows his shit. He just plays it. They were in a, a like a warehouse. They went into the corner. Uh, they smashed it out. In fact, I think the drummer said it was actually over two days, not three. First day was just setting up the instruments, sound checking, all the engineering side of it. So two days to do an, a 10 song album like that. And maybe that's the magic of the album. It sounds raw. It sounds like a band. Bros. It sounds, mm. yeah, just sounds like a, you know, mm. a bloody awesome band. Here's the second song I've chosen for you. And I hope all our listeners just absolutely dig this. This is, um, it's just another great, I've written down here, it's dirty, slow, deep as, big riffing, Texan, broken-hearted ballad. Now, you know, if you've got the blues and you're missing a woman or, you know, there's something going on like that in your life and you smash that on and turn it up to number eight or nine, oh, my God. Maybe maybe even 11. Maybe even 11. It's good for the soul. And the whole album is just great. I think it's aged really well, actually, listening back to it. I've got it on vinyl. It's, a, it's aged really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's hard a, for a blues album to really age much, though, really. I, the only exception to that I find is like Robert Cray, because Robert Cray stuff sounds like really 80s. Correct. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Everybody else, yeah. yes. You know, blues I find I'm the, same, I'm the same with the Jeff Healy band. I find he sounds quite 80s. But, yeah, um, I've, I made an interesting note. <clears throat> which is that uh, I think after I've actually got older, I'm growing, you know, obviously growing older, uh, and, and hearing and like exploring lots of blues through the years, because that's the kind of genre I really dig. Uh, I got a thinking, you know, is Stevie Ray a one-trick pony? Oh, is Floyd Prog? Can Dylan sing? I mean... Wow. I know it's a big statement, but if you start listening to Albert King and some of those guys, he does a lot of mimicking, man. But uh, he did it well, and it's a cracking album for 1983. It's like Eric Clapton sort of did the same, though, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think Clapton was a bit more songy. But, you know, if you listen to Let's Dance, David uh, Bowie song, You've got that that same kind of riff. It's through his whole career. Mm. Uh, and I watched a thing with him and Albert King or Collins, might have been Collins, and they're together jamming. Plays the same thing for about an hour. And he's, and you, you get to the first 20 minutes, you're like, that's mean as, man. And then after that, you're like, oh, come on, bro. 
get, you know, do something a little bit different. Uh, he grew into his music. His last album was quite nice. Yeah. But uh, yeah, for 1983, this is a really great blues album. If you don't own a blues album, I would say go and buy Texas Flood. Good place to start. Awesome. Nice. Mm. Thanks, great. guys. Thank you for that. That's really cool. Um, you know what? I'm going to go next. Um, yeah. So my band that I've chosen, in terms of recording the album, couldn't be more different to what Ian just had. Um, I've gone with The Police. Because oh, I thought it was about time. I, hadn't, you know, I like The Police. Yeah. Big fan of The Police. And um, I thought it was about time we did one of their albums. So the album's called Synchronicity. Mm-hmm. Um, it was their last album um, before they split up. Um, and um, yeah, um, quite odd in the way that they recorded it um, because basically they weren't really talking to each other at the time. Um, so they all recorded in separate rooms. Oh, um, no so Stuart <laughs> Copeland was in one room with the kit. Um, Thing was upstairs oh. <laughs> with the bass guitar, and um, Andy Summers was in the studio itself, like you know, just riff, doing his guitar parts down there. Um, it's the album with with that song on it. Um, it's got every breath you take on it, um, but don't let that put you off. Um, I love that whole... song. I love that song. I prefer the Puff Daddy version. <laughs> You're so gangster, man. You know it, man. I'm so bad. <laughs> Me and Thomas Dolby. I'm <laughs> from way back. Science. <laughs> Science. Science. <laughs> um. Yeah, one of the reasons why I really like this album is it is it does feel like a real progression from the the rubber stuff. You know, they, they kind of like doled back on the reggae stuff with this one, um, and really kind of got into um, world music and started to kind of experiment quite a lot with synths and um, and using like arpeggiators to kind of like create rhythmic patterns that they then could use as like the base of a track and then improvise over the top and, and build the track up. Um, yeah, um, so the first track um, I'm gonna, I wanna go with tonight is called Walking In Your Footsteps. And the reason that I've chosen this one is because Sting finds something to rhyme Brontosaurus with. Um, <laughs> it, deserves a, it deserves a play just for that. Um, so here we go. Um, yeah.
It could, it could have been, it almost sounds like Peter Gabrielish, doesn't it? Yeah, there's a yeah. bit of that influence going on there. And, they, you know, they did cross paths, well, Sting certainly crossed paths with Peter Gabriel later on. And did, right. um, um, they ended up actually touring together, I think. Oh, um, okay. But, um, yeah, there's um, a lot of that kind of, yeah, um, African kind of rhythmic stuff kind of coming through on a lot of these tracks. Mm. Um, the album itself was recorded in Montserrat. Um, so, uh, Air Studios, and uh, was produced by Hugh Padgham, who was one of those 80s producers, famous really for kind of working with uh, the likes of Genesis, um, was the guy who really kind of came up with that whole gated snare thing. Um, although, thankfully, this album doesn't really suffer from gated snare syndrome, quite as bad as most albums from around that period. Um, yeah, I, I, the, the thing about the police is, as actual musicians, I don't think they get quite as much credit as they probably are due, especially Stuart. I mean, Stuart Cotton is just an incredible drummer. I mean, off the chart, you know, um, an amazing technique and, and the way that he does his fills and things is, is really cool. Also plays side stick like a jazz drummer. If you ever watch any of the live videos, it's really cool to watch. Um, a really great player. And, and Sting was a damn good bass player. Oh, oh, yeah. I, th I think they're yeah. the best trio ever, please, musically. Mm. I think they were amazing. Yeah. Um, best so, trio. Did you say best trio? That's, mm. that's, that's a good point, isn't it? There wouldn't be yeah. too many out there, right? Three guys Normally making that sound and yeah, writing those right. songs. Normally, that's yeah. pretty amazing, man. Four or five pieces. Pretty amazing. Yeah. 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 And so this album was their last album. Uh, as I said, they, they didn't get on very well. Um, and when they were actually recording Every Breath You Take, they were trying to record it live. It was the one track where the three of them were in the one room trying to record it live. It ended up with, um, with Sting and Stuart Copeland basically having a fist fight. And <laughs> you imagine for it to kind of quit the whole project and walk out. That's so um, ironic, given the same. I, I think you're a prick. Oh, what? <laughs> I'll be watching you. I'll be watching you. What are you watching yeah. me, bro? Uh, are you watching? the last breath you take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you're, yeah. you're watching Your me problems. Um, i will break so, yeah so interestingly <laughs> enough when you listen to that song if you kind of like really listen to, to the um the instrumental parts in that song it's all overdubs even the drums were like each drum part was recorded separately so the verse to the bridge to the chorus it's all oh, different not all, not all in one take none of it is in one take um, that's why i go go puff daddy much <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they actually got along when they made That's that. That's right, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um <clears throat> second one I'm gonna play. Um yeah, I'm debating it. Yeah, I'm gonna go with um Synchronicity 2, which was a single.
Yeah, um, it's a great album. I love it. Um, it was the most popular album as well. It sold eight million copies. Um, so I did it all right. Um, I'm not sure if they toured off it. I've got a funny feeling they did. But as I say, by that point, they were God. literally gunpoint with each other. So uh, <laughs> it wouldn't have been an easy tour. No wonder it took like 20 odd years for them to finally actually kind of bury their differences and get back together. Mm. Um, which was yeah. weird in itself, apparently. Sting was has gone on record saying, did it for the money, but you know it was weird. It's well, yeah. it was weird. <laughs> why, why did they break up? Just musical differences or egos or what? As well. I think it's a bit of Sting ego. Wanted to go, Sting probably... wanted to go out on his own. He was like writing all the songs, and he was like, "Fuck this, I'm going out my own." Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> summarized. <laughs> it's Plus, tough. he had like rainforests to save and stuff like that. So, mm. you know. <laughs> He was getting into his eco warrior kind of mode, I think. And he did some good stuff on his own, right? It's credit with credit, yeah. too. He still yeah. did some really good stuff. Yeah, he did. It's a, li- it's a little boring, though. Yeah, it's a bit repetitive, some of it. Yep. Just, it's all a bit boring, whereas the police stuff's a little bit more urgent. Um, yeah. yeah, there's just, yeah, Fields of Gold. Oh, my God, I hate that song. It's just a bit dull. What happened to him? He lost his rock and roll. Um, he was did he, did he, did, did, when you when when you went and saw him at the Royal Albert, obviously, um, did did you did he do any besides police things? Did he have any solo songs that rocked out a bit? Um, yeah, I mean, like, um, was it um, if I ever lose my faith in you and stuff like that, and, and obviously Englishmen in New York and those kind of ones, um. Because that was quite jazzy anyway, so they all kind of took a solo and stuff in that and kind of oh, rocked right, it right. out there. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was a pretty laid back kind of gig, you know. It was very mm. kind of, there's lots of sort of like ex yuppies and stuff, you know. Albert Hall, um, you know, couldn't get tickets to the prom, so we're going to see Sting instead. I just struggle mm. with his. I'd struggle with his gigs because you can never sing what he's singing because he's so bloody high. You'd be yeah, like, come be on, good. mate. Jesus. Drop drop it down a couple of keys, man. He Give was pretty chance. cool at Live Aid. I, I, he rocked at Live Aid with Bowie. Oh. It was pretty cool. Peak Sting, probably. All right, let's move on. Glenn. All right. Oh! Well, I've chosen, I've chosen, um, Michael Jackson. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, Cindy. Uh, uh, yeah. I picked, and I was like looking through the albums from 83 and I'm thinking, um, I don't know much about that one. So I'll go and choose that one and have a look. Kind of it's like a what killer. he's done at the past. It's a killer riff. Killer it really riff. is, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's pretty outrageously good, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So yeah, I chose that album, and um, 
I've sort of listened to it a few times over the last week. It certainly has that, you know, it's quintessential 80s. I mean, crikey. Uh, it's got all of that 80s sort of production sound thrown in. Um, and it's a monster album in terms of the singles that it had. I think there's six or seven singles came from it. Um, and it's got the, you know, what I probably agree, it's probably the immortal um, True Colors song, which is um, huge. Um but likewise, um, and that had that monster hit, obviously, girls just want to have fun. Um, what was really interesting about it is that, um, you know, she's from Brooklyn, um, has an extraordinarily thick Brooklyn accent. Um, is that in Wellington? That's yeah that would be different wouldn't it gosh that would be hilariously interesting her accent um but what a unique voice um there was kind of nothing like it and if anything kind of a lot more genuine than say madonna i think i remember at the time there was cindy versus madonna and actually when i listen to the album and some of her other stuff it comes across as way more i don't know real madonna was quite fake well credit to her but you know she's great and all but yeah quite fake whereas cindy's quite genuine and how she sort of approached it um and had obviously some good collaborators to do this she even had a um a print song on there as well mm. um now what's interesting uh, for me, is it was a quite a unique, singular sort of female voice, which um, the albums continued to endure um, over time as well. It's still well loved, um, and probably because of those sort of monster hits, but also um, some of the quirky other songs, which I'll play in a moment. And she's quirky, let's be honest, um, and um, quite a quirky sort of performer and obviously dresses still in sort of that sort of 80s look doesn't really give a, a rats about anything she defines um, she, the 80s look in some ways yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, well, Madonna did as well. i think she, so too big big ass red dress and she's sort of dancing yes. in that music video that, that's an awesome music video for that she was she was ginger was she ginger well, hard to tell. I mean, she had a variety <laughs> of different diet <laughs> yeah, yeah, when you When you see her in lots of different things, she's had so many different types of haircut, that sort of mm. bleach, punky, um, spiky hair. Yes, there was the red look. Um, yeah, hard to tell. She was, what she, was, yeah, she, was, she was the girl. She was the girl your parents warned you about when you were, when you were well, like, well, She wasn't that, a material girl. And no, she wasn't a material girl. Quite different. Um um, and I like the fact that she, you know, they were you know, producers gave her some songs, and she was like, "Yeah, girls want to have fun, kind of cool, but I'm going to rewrite the lyrics because the lyrics for the original are misogynistic and crap." So she's like, "No, going to write them from a woman's perspective," and that's what was the sort of the the, the killer there, eh? I mean, there's those type of things, mm -hmm. um, and that goes through on a, a bunch of other songs which she rewrote the lyrics for it um, because like the tune but not what it's trying to say it's all guy type stuff let's flip it on its head and do that and that that was pretty big um true colors went on to become a bit of a well become an anthem for the rainbow community um which is really cool one of her friends passed away from hiv and um so she wrote that song um for him afterwards and then was surprised how big it 
took off in that community. And um, yeah, does a lot of work for supporting um, that community, which no is idea. Yeah. yeah, no, no, it's exactly. Um, I think it's just a great song anyway, even if oh, you're not gay. It's awesome. No, I think, yeah, full stop. Um, I just think it's, yeah, brilliant. Mm. True Colors um, came in after, didn't it? The True Colors album came after, but the True Colors song was um, on yeah, on this particular record. Yeah. Um, so the next song I'm going to play is called She Bop, which was rather controversial at the time. So have a, have a listen to this. Um, yeah. I think I'll cue that up now. It's quite entertaining. And the video's very, very funny. Um so I recommend having a look at it. Um, yeah, this is called She Bop. Um, she bop um which if you listen to that um they say if you do it all the time you'll go blind yeah um yeah um and she sounds I, like a she sounds like a like an eight-year-old with attitude and and she plays on that Very. Uh, uh, she plays on that changes her voice a number of times throughout fairness, though, um man she's got a heck of a voice like there's a song that she does called i'm gonna be strong um it's probably not that well known have a listen to that. Listen to the end of that song. She can really belt it out. Really belt it out. Absolutely. So I, I totally agree. It's been quite a you know, quite a revelation. I mean, I do find a lot of the 80s production on it really hard. And I would love to liberate some of the songs um from it. Um, however, you know, a catchy one like She Bop there, um, I think that's just a fabulous little earworm and you're like bopping down the street going, does she bop? There's a Pink Floyd link, right? Is there? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure, I'm almost certain I've seen a video of her playing with Pink Floyd. And she came on and did um, another brick in the wall. Oh, when Roger did his big show at, um, yeah, it was just with Roger by himself right. uh, when he did the big wall show at Berlin. Yeah, yeah, that's right. She did too. 
yeah that's no, a, so, like a really vintagey sounding song that one is it? it's like almost like a 50s kind of and that oh. beba baluba type yeah like betty boot yeah, yeah. spring reverb kind of no yeah. I've, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed Clever. the record although I, I don't know if i'd buy it because of the full that all 80s 80s thing but the songs that i've picked up um obviously she bop and the big singles from that i just did she write those songs or is she just an artist uh, no no she wrote um about five of the songs and then rewrote some of those lyrics as well mm. so she bop is one of hers yeah mm. yeah it's been really cool Jeez, Good stuff. has she ever right. done an acoustic mtv i'm not sure Hard to say. that would be cool i'd love to see uh yeah. cindy lauper acoustic i'm pretty MTV, sure i've heard like a really stripped down version of true colors so maybe she did mm. Yeah, and time after time. Yeah, time after time. Um, true colors. Oh, I don't know how I got it mixed up. What is on the album? I may have mixed it up. Time after time is on this one. True colors is on the next one. Sorry, yeah, true my colors is David. On true colors, yeah. David, you were right. Yeah, I, I was wrong on that one. Yeah. Time after um, time. It's such yeah. A good time, song, time after time. She bop. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. It's actually there's a lot of great songs on it. Um. Yeah, it's, and the album is called She's So Unusual. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for that, Glenn. All right, let's get into our movies. We'll try and keep these ones fairly short because we've got a special thing that we're going to have a go at after this as well. We? So we'll mm -hmm. see. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, Dave, what have you got for us movie-wise tonight? I, I like special things. Okay. Do you want to play rough? Okay. Oh, no. Say hello to my little friend. I've just, I've just sent the um the restricted duration of the show up about five notches. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> oh, his acting is so overblown in it, but it it's is. kind of glorious. It fly is. Pelican, um... Fly, pelican, fly. Fly, <laughs> pelican, fly. And you know the funniest thing about that, Glenn? Mm. I didn't realise until researching this. They're not pelicans. They're flamingos. I know. They're flamingos, which makes it <laughs> <laughs> you watch it. He's going fly, pelican fly, and it's like flamingos. It's hilarious and funny. So many one-liners all the way through. It's brilliant. Yeah, I think we've all seen Scarface, Face, right? Mm. Yeah, probably several Good times. Movie. Actually, you uh, remember the first time seeing it, Glenn? You, we must have hired it or something. It must mm -hmm. have been. I don't know. We must have had some time off work or something. And you came around, and I still live in the Newlands, and you, uh, you said, "You mm. gotta watch this movie. You gotta watch this movie." And I was it's awesome. Yeah. And uh, I, I just blew my mind. I was like, oh, wow. You know, there's that chainsaw scene at the start. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. That's, that's rough. Ah, <laughs> he's in the bathtub, oh. right? He's been, been, been got a gun to his head and his mate's been, oh, jeez. Oh, you, just, you just finished watching Knight Rider and Glenn comes around with this. Oh, yeah, check yeah, this yeah, out, yeah, man. Yeah. You're like, oh, <laughs> that's not Kit 2000. And, Come and on, boys. Got and it's got that really hardcore synth soundtrack on a day. Um, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's Giorgio Moroder. Yeah, yeah, it's it's quite it's harsh and sharp and like steel away. Yeah, it's a, it's. I mean, it's a classic. When it came out, it was um, 
it was criticized, heavily criticized for the violence. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> boy. And the profanities. And the profanities. Um uh yeah, so um struggled to start with. Now it's considered uh, you know one of the greatest mob movies of all time, but um De Niro was you know, he almost played Tony Montana. He was, you know, I don't think he would have done as yeah, he'd be different. He'd be different. Mm. Pacino's just made it his own. I mean, it's hard to say, right? Um Well, I prefer Al Pacino, I think. Yeah, a, yeah in this particular role, yeah. Mm. You, it, the the movie for me feels like watching a bit of a comic book compared to other other sort of mob movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally. And it's quite a comic book sort of pulp type thing it's quite funny so the basics it's directed by brian de palma screenplay by mm-hmm. oliver stone based on a based on a movie from the 30s um or a story from back in the 30s a mob story so it's not an original but um uh yeah uh 83 it was what did it, it brought in 66 million it cost 23 mil to make so it did, did quite well in terms of the the takings, but um, it did so much better over the years in terms of being a cult classic. Um, so favorite scenes, fellas, and a very young Michelle Pfeiffer, totally. Yeah, yes. it needs to see some hamburgers. She's well, she, too thin, man. She subsided she on, coke, so much cocaine. She subsided on um, tomato soup or something during that. She she totally didn't eat. Um, yeah, wow, which horrendously right? thin, eh? Yeah, she looked yeah. awful. Yeah, yeah. I did that once. Did you? Just tomato soup? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I did, but I had a bacon I had a bacon sandwich with it and a croissant and a chocolate brownie to but it was oh, the fuck. soup was in. And did the pelican fly? Oh god. There are there are so many funny Go moments. Go on, favorite scenes. Quick round up. Favorite, favorite scene. Uh, Glenn. Say hello to my little friend. That's Ian, my favorite. That's yours at the end, machine gun. Glenn, yep. yours? Good yeah, I, I like this set, but where they talk about not getting high on your own supply and they just sort of breaks every rule. <laughs> yeah, so funny. Nice, Martin. So I've just been out handed alcohol. I'm good. Um, uh, the chainsaw, yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, it's like, it's I mean, it's started with a chainsaw. <laughs> I suppose I probably I like the first part of the movie when he was just Tony Montana from Cuba, yeah. Yeah. and uh, and and he's he's still trying to make it and he's wheeler dealing for that guy, and then he yeah. before he becomes that sort of he sort of that oh, whole movie's that. good, yeah. Whole and then good. then he makes I think I like that first part because then he becomes kind of a, a real decade, but he, he well, kind of rooting the for him at the, the restaurant. He's kind scene. of rooting. Oh, say hello to the bag. Say goodnight to the, the bag guy. guy. Oh, well, he's walking out the door. The bad guy's walking. The bad guy's going out through the door. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I think, uh, yeah, that first part. Some of a million like, quotes. Totally. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I do All that right. when I go out of McDonald's. Oh, what? <laughs> what, say hello to my little friend. No, the bad guy's walking out the door. Uh, <laughs> with my happy meal. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so that was me, Martin. That was me, Scarface. <laughs> awesome, thank you, Ian. What have you got for us? Okay, I chose my. You know, I struggle with movies, so I thought I'd, I thought I'd make it a little bit more interesting for myself this this week, and I thought I'd do my movie review without wearing any underpants. 
So I wore my trousers without any undies just uh -huh. to just to shake it up a bit. And yeah. uh, oh. anyway, so what I chose was Dead Zone. And you ever seen Dead Zone? Nobody knows what Dead Zone is. Okay, no. it's it's a movie, and um, it starts with the music by yes, yeah, it starts with the music by Michael Kamen. You heard of him? Oh yes, indeed, yeah. indeed. Yeah. So the movie starts, and he's he's does the yeah, he's composing music for it, and it's it's kind of like a bit of a um, a horror kind of movie oh. drama sort of thing mm. and the music starts and i basically shit my pants so i turned it off and so then i put on uh the day after oh, and God. yeah so that movie starts with a flying yeah. over sorry yep. Ian, no, you got the wrong year because commando was 1984. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah <I> see <laughs> but uh the day after you heard of that one no yeah so that's uh, uh about people in Kansas, it starts. Yeah, it's just shit. So it was rubbish, and so I thought, well, my final and third final choice is there's got to be something good here, other than the Pink Panther. So I thought I'd watch uh, Screwballs, and after about three minutes, I just gave up all hope. All is shit, and I put on Smashing Pumpkin. Uh, yeah, and listen to the Smashing Pumpkins. God is empty. Just like me. <laughs> That's my review. Oh, that was truly awesomely bad in every way. It was brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Here next week. Um, okay. Tuning in for it. Try the chicken. Yeah, we go with this. Um, so my choice, I've gone with trading places. Um, because um, it's, it's a damn funny film. I haven't seen it for a very, very long time. Um, so it's Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy. Oh, yeah. um, mm. And it, it's basically um, kind of two complete opposite spectrum characters and their paths cross and something happens and they end up switching places. It's one of those movies, hence the snazzy title. Um, <laughs> it basically really plays into that kind of like early 80s Wall Street kind of um, money is power kind of vibe and ethos. Um, Gordon Gecko. Yeah, very much so. And Dan Aykroyd starts off as, as kind of that character. And Eddie Murphy plays like a, a, a real bum, like a down and out. Um, but um, the two guys who um, are um, Dan Aykroyd's bosses of the company that he works at basically make a bet for a dollar. <laughs> they couldn't ruin his life <laughs> just for the sake of making a bet. And basically um frame him and set him up um and at the same time they bump into eddie murphy's character and they offer him a job so it ends up they basically switch switch roles and then the rest of the movie is basically dan Aykroyd trying to kind of like get his own back um i have to say dan Aykroyd is fantastic in this it really gives him a, ch a chance to kind of shine um even though eddie murphy probably gets all the best one-liners in this um Dan Aykroyd, as he goes on, he, he, he just becomes severely unhinged. <laughs> it takes it quite dark. It's a good performance, um, yeah. It's set at Christmas, and, and by the end of the movie, you know, he's in a Santa suit, um, basically, <laughs> yes. with, a, with a whole fillet of salmon that he stores inside his beard. <laughs> it's nice. like a bits off of it. I remember. Chewing it with, like, bits of beard, like, stuck in it. <laughs> pretty, yes. pretty far out. Um, 
end of the movie, they basically both team up um, and uh, and take down the the, the two bosses. Um, also stars um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh yeah. Um, uh, and it was yeah. kind of like her first real break into kind of comedic roles. You know, she was known as the Scream Queen, obviously from like Halloween and all those horror movies and stuff. Um, but I think um, yeah, she really got a chance to kind of like show off some of her acting chops as well in this. Um, it was a John Landis movie. John Landis, who, who did things like Ferris Bueller and, no, sorry, that was John Hughes. John Landis did uh, The Blues Brothers. Um, mm. And there's some of that humour that definitely kind of comes through in it as well. It, it is, a, you know, it's very funny. But there is some, you know, every now and again you get one, a, a joke in it that's quite kind of screwballs, really. <laughs> it goes very much into that kind of college jock humour kind of thing. So there's a few kind of gross-out gags in there and stuff going on. Um, also stars the, the the pretty wonderful Denim Elliott as the butler. Ah, uh, um, yes, yes, yes. He's amazing. <laughs> he was a fabulous actor. He was a brilliant actor. Yeah, Most people probably know from from like Indiana Jones, but um, mm. he was uh, he was fantastic in this as well. Um, really, really cool. So yeah, um, Trading Places uh, it it did great at the box office. Actually, it made ninety million dollars. Um, wow! Uh, in in the states. Um, 120 worldwide, so like three quarters of its um, its take yeah coming from the states. It's pretty good going. Yeah, but I guess Eddie Murphy would have been. He was massive then, right? He was obviously the uh, man. 83? No, because this was prior to like Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, was so it? He probably. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is. I mean, I think he'd probably done like 48 hours before this. Ah, oh, right. You know, he hadn't quite like made it to sort of superstardom at this point. I don't think. Um, but he totally owns this movie. Every scene that he's in, you know, he, he absolutely owns it, like Eddie Murphy does. Um, so that, that yeah. hundred million, did you say a hundred million at the box office, Martin? Hundred and twenty million worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. For a comedy in the early eighties, that's pretty good going. Oh, totally. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. That's what top. That's what Tom Cruise made in Top Gun. Damn. And and we'll hear Glenn's uh, movie review. What have you got, Glenn? Oh. All right. Um, I did some research and um, I found a film that I haven't seen, but I do want to see, and I just didn't have time to actually have a look at it this week. And that's a film, a New Zealand film called Utu. Utu is the Maori word for curse revenge. or something like that? Revenge. Revenge. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen so, it. It was um, um, written and co-directed or directed and co-written by mm-hmm. Jeff Murphy. Who, if fans remember of the show, um, I did um, Goodbye Pork Pie, um, and he did that one. Um, and this was obviously a much more serious sort of film. Mm. I think um, Tarantino said that it's his most favourite New Zealand film ever, this particular one. Um, and it did have a huge budget, um, and it's regarded as a bit of a Māori Western. Um, and it basically tells the story um, of a young Māori soldier who was fighting with the British Army and then, um, you know, signs up for that side of things and then finds out that the army had also destroyed his own village and killed his uncle. So he goes, nah, screw this. I'm going to go get some revenge and a whole bunch of, um, uh, uh, you know, sort of guerrilla action against um, the British Army and they chase him down, basically modelled on Takuti's War, um, which would be... So immediately I'm like, wow, this sounds really interesting and about a part of New Zealand history I, I just don't really have a clue on. Um, 
but I didn't have it, didn't have a chance to see it. Obviously, you need to, you need a good chunk of time to go and have a look at it. So, by doing this eighty-three episode, I'm like, wow, I'm definitely going to go and check that out. Um, so I'm going to default to a movie that I do remember because um, I used to love it because it had helicopters in it, much like Top Gun, and that's Blue Thunder. Does anyone remember Blue Thunder? And it has the wonderful Roy Schneider in it from uh, George. I, think I had some. I think they had some aftershave called Blue Thunder. Oh, Blue Stratus. Uh, Blue Strauss, then, was it? And then there was Blue Steel, but this is Blue, Blue Thunder Steel. the helicopter. Yeah. Which, yeah. And, and for memory, it did become a TV show as well, which was only for only for eleven episodes. Yeah. But it was really watered down in comparison to the movie because the movie's quite full on. Actually, full on, yeah, absolutely. It really is. It was a big hit um, at the time. Um, basic premise is Murphy. Murphy is a an aerial cop who flies the helicopters, and then the LAPD or whatever city it is gets given a new piece of kit, a Blue Thunder helicopter, and it's armed to the teeth, and it's got the internet, and it's got everything right. And he comes across a conspiracy, um, and they try and take him out. Um, because he knows too much, so he uses the weapon against them. And really, it, it, it's it's quite, you know, it moves along at a crisp, crisp pace, and it's, pro, it's definitely of its age and time, and it's got cool helicopters in it. And, um, however, what is interesting about it is just the amount, you know, the militarization of the police force. So when you look at it now, you're going, well, they kind of have got gunships and stuff like that. Um, you know, the, the US mili- um, you know, military industrial complex extends right to the police. Um, and this film bizarrely kind of foreshadowed it in a way. Um, and Murphy, who was a you know, honest cop who would just flew helicopters for his job, um, with a young Eric Stoltz, um, you know, says, No, nah, this is the wrong way to do policing, hey. So he goes to take out the corrupt cops and all the rest of it so it's just (laughs) kind of a little bit ahead of its time it sort of um life became or yeah became art um but i remember watching it when i was in my sort of i don't know late um as a kid was probably on one of tv late one of those tv movies and just going oh well helicopters trying to do through loop the loops that's not possible <laughs> i remember yelling at the screen it's not possible helicopters can't do it and that one won't be able to do it and i was like nerding out over it um and it's got um malcolm mcdowell is one of the bad guys on it too um and he's a great bad guy he's just quintessentially cool and he flies a fast helicopter and he's like mean as um but yeah, he, most of the time he's grimacing on his face all the time because he didn't like flying. He's petrified of flying, so putting him in a helicopter and yes. flying him around like that, he's low shitting himself and trying he to act, and he actually came yeah. through. Yeah. What's the yeah. Uh, helicopter blue? Uh, Grey, blue, yeah. Blue thunder. Still. <laughs> yeah, and when you, watch the tra- when you watch the trailer now, it basically goes... It, it basically describes the entire film in, like, two minutes. It's, like, beginning to end. That's it. it it's like, what did I need to go and rewatch this film? The trailer does everything. So, yeah, that was Blue Thunder. Um, and it was kind of like the precursor to the likes of, like, Knight Rider because, you know, it was funny because there was, like, that whole, like, 
dirge of them came along, right? Because you had Knight Rider, then you had Airwolf, and then you had Street Airwolf. Wolf. <laughs> God, yeah. they filled our heads with some rubbish, didn't they? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you'll believe a you'll believe a bike can talk. <laughs> and, and it's like and your that, your old fashioned mates are like, "Oh, did you watch the Duke, Dukes of Hazard?" You're like, "What, man? Nah, watching Airwolf." Yeah. <laughs> watching um, cars. Yep. Then you realise why and, you have no friends at school. Yeah. <laughs> And what was really cool um, is that this movie isn't an advertisement for the U.S. military to sign up and get chucked into all sorts of crap. This movie is kind of against that type of thing, which I thought was pretty choice. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to see it again if I can find it on a streaming platform one day for a cheeky old download. Yeah. Mm. See if it stacks up for real. But in my mind, it, it yeah. was oh, Helicopters, man. But they can't do 360s, and I still remember yelling at it. Yeah, what a kid, what a dummy. <laughs> I, well, I remember, uh, it's sort of interesting, isn't it, that some of that footage, how they did that in those days, they had to, the aerial shots and stuff, they had to hire, you know, the airspace, the helicopters, where now it's all drone footage, right? You just whip a drone up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all high yeah. definition, it's all this, that, and the other. You don't even need a man or a woman. No. But those days, yeah, camera crew stuffed in helicopters go oh, how oh, things have changed right man? absolutely yeah mm. and reading up on how they made it they um to do those aerial shots of the helicopters going around they ended up using uh, radio controlled helicopters um to do it all because um they loaded <laughs> up the original helicopters with all the props to make yeah. them look like blue thunder and all this big heavy stuff the, the helicopter just was so slow and so heavy <laughs> <that they're overloaded. laughs> So they had to do a lot of <laughs> put on the ground. Where's the helicopter? It's still coming. It's still coming. It's still coming. Wait, there's a guy in a canoe. He's called Eric. He's getting yeah. here first. <laughs> they having to use some fancy editing techniques and tr to make these things look the way they did. So yeah, it ain't no Top Gun. Groundbreaking. <laughs> Groundbreaking. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, look, thanks, guys, for all your thoughts and comments on uh, 1983. Um, that was awesome. And then we're going to try something a little bit different. So we're going to talk about Mondegreens. Can you come across the term, a Mondegreen? No, never. I so, had one once. but I, Say it slowly got, or what? Doc, doctor took it off. A Mondegreen. 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 Mm -hmm. Everyone knows a Mondegreen. A Mondegreen? No, no, we don't. I'll give you the Wikipedia uh, definition of a mondegreen. A mondegreen is a mishearing or yeah, misinterpretation of a phrase uh, that in a way gives it a new meaning. Um, so they're usually um, kind of attributed to a poem or a song. Mm -hmm. And um, the, the phrase itself comes from um, an American writer called Sylvia Wright uh, in uh, 1954. And she was recording a childhood memory of her mum reading her a Scottish ballad the Bonnie Earl of Murray. <laughs> and there's a line in that um, where um, the line is, and laid him on the green, um, which she totally heard as Lady Mondegreen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and as a result, okay. that's where it came from, uh, Mondegreen. Right. So we're going to talk about Mondegreen or misheard lyrics. Yeah. Um, I think, um, interestingly, the conversations I've had with a couple of people today about this, um, seems to be when you're a kid, 
you, you definitely kind of like get one kind of stuck in your head mm. and, and it's there mm -hmm. for like you know probably 20 odd years before someone actually corrects it or, you know, me, you know, me and my wife yeah me and my yeah. wife um discovered these things like i've misheard something and she's like oh no the words are this and i'm like really and yeah. likewise with her as well and it's, we've had, we both have a laugh about it because it's quite funny Fantastic. Yeah. yeah so i thought the reason i've come up with this tonight was i was watching a video the other day and it was a um a british comedian a guy called peter k um oh, I remember, okay. yeah uh, but he did um, a, a stand-up show in the uk and uh, there's a live video of it and he does a whole section where he's talking about misheard lyrics and he's kind of walking around with a little walkman and keeps playing like snippets of songs and it's just hilarious <laughs> um the one that kind of really got me was um was um we are family sister sledge okay so what i gonna try and do with these as we go through them is i'm going to play them and, and try and stop just before the line and tell you uh tell you the uh, incorrect line and I, I need to put a disclaimer in here for listeners because, you know, chances are these are going to ruin quite a few songs for you and you're never going to hear them the same way again. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're going to start with, yeah, We Are Family by Sister Sledge. Um, so here we go. Just let me staple the vicar. Just let me staple the vicar. <laughs> Really? What the hell is the original then? Wait for it, here it comes. All of the people around us they say Can they be that close? Just let me staple the vicar. There you go. Just let me staple the vicar. Um I think the original was just let me say for the record. But oh. like whatever I listen to that now, all I hear is what is staple the vicar. Um so yeah, so that's kind of what we're talking about here when we're talking about non-degrees mm. or misheard lyrics. Um, so I have a few here, um, but we're going to go through uh, with the guys because I think you've all kind of picked a couple of that you one songs that you've kind of like misheard. Um, so we'll start with um, we'll start with David. What, so what have you got for us? Right. So I had. Um... And actually, both of them are from the album that I reviewed earlier, Trackman. Just, oh. um, because, and you're right, you're so right, because I heard this first when I was about seven, eight. And so your vocabulary is still developing and you just basically hear what you, what you know, right? So one of the songs that I chose, um, the first one, Beat It by Michael Jackson. Uh, there's a line in there... Um, uh, I'm not going to tell you what I, this is going to be so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is have quite you, an embarrassing part. Have you got it show. queued up? Have you got it queued up, Martin? We're ready to go. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're... All right. So, so just remember, uh, listeners, I was seven when this uh -huh, came out, uh -huh. and when this came out, um, it was a cricket match that had just played. I think it was earlier in the year, January, February that year. It was. Huge. It was the game where uh, Lance Kens, a famous New Zealand cricketer, hit six sixes in a row against the Australian oh, yes. Um and, and his bat became known as Excalibur, and it, it was massive. And he was, he was. I think we lost the game, but he was basically, you know, it was no one had ever done that. And uh, there's a line in the song where I, I swore to God, I thought, I thought that Michael Jackson was singing. La I heard Lance Kens instead of. I think it's not scared. 
Is that right? <laughs> I know, I know. And for years, and, I was thinking, yeah. I was thinking that so cool Michael Jackson singing about a New Zealand cricketer. <laughs> great and the funny thing is, they were actually mates in real life. Oh, really? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was one. Uh, it's embarrassing, but for years I just thought yeah. that he was referring to <laughs> good old Lance. Sorry. Good old Lance. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. It's one of those things. Um, you want to hear my other tragic one? Are we going to do both? Yeah, or do you want to? Yeah, okay. you're on a roll. Oh, this, one, this, one's equally, <laughs> this one's equally the shit. So this one is Prince's Little Red Corvette. Mm. Um, and if you play that, Martin, let's cue that one up. Play that one and I'll, I'll tell the boys what I thought I heard. It was Saturday night. I guess that makes it Feeling what did a you bit say? Cool, feeling a bit cool, man. I don't know what the hell a red a Corvette was. That is oh, so seven. cute. I've never heard of a friggin' oh, Corvette. Gorgeous. Like, feeling a bit cool, man. Yeah, I am. And Prince was cool. I didn't even know who the hell Prince was. I just thought there's this guy that's singing this awesome song. Oh. You're feeling a bit cool, man. Yeah, I'm... Oh, I love it. That's so, gorgeous. Yeah, fucking embarrassing. Oh, I and think that's the... way better than the original <laughs> lyrics. First time ever, mate. Never ever disclose this to anyone. So, um, it's been a, it's yeah, yeah it's it's it feels good. I feel like uh, weights off my shoulders. Oh, lovely. That's so lovely. <laughs> right, over to someone else. Demon. <laughs> yeah. Right. Do you want to play the first one? And I think everyone will probably understand this one. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, let's give this a go. What were you thinking? Then tell us. Take me down to the very nice city. <laughs> Take me down to the very nice city. The very nice city. Yeah, but very nice city. <laughs> <laughs> you said what? Uh, very nice city. Where the grass is green and the girls yeah. are pretty. Yeah. It kind of still has... Still, yeah, very nice city. <laughs> it was a very similar meeting, but but yeah, to a very nice city. <laughs> awesome. Okay, and you got another one for us as well. Yeah, go for it. Okay. What did you think they were saying? <laughs> Well, I think it's a bit rude. Um, wrapped up like a douche and something, or rather something, and like, what? Even now it still catches me out because it's revved up like a douche in the middle of the night, oh. uh, which is a hot rod type it's, car. But it's I, one of the most common ones, apparently. Yeah. So why is he, that as why is he talking people. about women's hygiene products? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's a shocker. And every, time enough, that, even, every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, God, it's the douche song. Yeah. 
So even, it, funnily enough, that same song, I have another one from that song as well. Oh, which is, nice. is, the, is the line, uh, gave my anus curly whirly. Um, so I'm gonna uh, play that <laughs> one as well. Here we go. <laughs> It wasn't just a, uh, it's not me doctoring these things or these other kinds of things because that's too good to be true. Oh, that is so horrible. Uh, why I mean, when they... was the last time you gave your anus a curly whirly? I mean, you know, you just don't. Do you? <laughs> sure, <on> that. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's 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 oh, that, that's worse yeah. than the other one, I think. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ian. Yeah, I I didn't have many that's because good. obviously my hearing's better than your guys. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, I I think mine's really really cliche. I'm sorry, but it's really but it's genuine, one hundred percent genuine. This is no shit. For years, right up to how old am I now? Thirty six. I mean, yeah, right up to yeah. So I mean, I mean, you're talking probably maybe even just five or six years ago. Quite recent. I only discovered this. So um, yeah, have you got it lined up, Martin? We're ready to go, yeah. Here we go. Hit it. song guys mm-hmm. yeah so <clears throat> i i still have to look at my phone highway to the danger oh, zone yeah Same. and I, I i thought for years it was i went to the danger zone yeah or take me to the danger zone oh yeah okay yeah yeah but yeah it's, I, it's highway yeah yeah <clears throat> i only found that out the other day because i was watching lego <laughs> masters and they had to, they had to build a model based oh, yeah, on the yeah, yeah. song, and they that's got right. they got highway to the danger zone. I'm like, yeah. it's not. And Bromman and I are sitting at the table. It's not highway to the danger zone, yeah. is it? And we looked up the words, and we're like, oh my gosh, yeah, it is. Oh, was, Kenny you know, Loggins, I know. Yes. So we didn't um, know about the highway, but either. So I'm not alone. Well, that's no. that's that's nice. I have I, only, I have a couple of. Only worked, of, it, only worked we a, only worked it out last Tuesday. Well, <laughs> Well, I've, I've got a couple of bangers I chuck at my in my gigs. I when I'm gigging, I always do. I love sausage rolls. I always stick that in there just to see if anyone's listening. Mm-hmm. That's me in the corner. That's me in the spot. Like losing my erection. <laughs> just to see if anyone's listening. Oh, <laughs> That's all I can give you. Um. Nice. Oh, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> my, my you guys never Steph, been in my gig. <laughs> my partner Steph was telling me, um, again, when she was a kid, when she was about seven, 
Um, she would hear um, um, The Flame by Cheap Trick, mm. Monster Power Ballad, right? So I'm just going to play you a little bit first. So have a listen to it first. So she heard that line at the end there as um, you were the first to Beaverland. You were the first to what? <laughs> Beaverland. Beaverland. <laughs> so, uh, so, oh, no. Beaverland. Nice oh. one, Steph. I wish, I'd, <coughs> I wish I'd heard that. Would have made, oh. made the song so much better. <laughs> Brought so, a tear to my eye, man. <laughs> I've been going trawling through the internet over the last couple of days. I found some more for you. Some, some, some a little bit dubious, but some are absolutely bang on. So I'm going to go with another dance floor classic now. It's the, it's the Weather Girls with um, It's Raining Men. Um, but, you know, we've all been mishearing it wrong for years because it's actually Israeli men. Uh, <laughs> Never heard that before. Israeli men. <laughs> I wonder oh, if Lordy. it does well over there. <laughs> In the <laughs> girls don't like it. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, Pat Benatar. Pat Benatar. Yep. Hit me with your best shot. Oh, yeah. Or is it hit me with your pet shark? Um, so we'll try this no. one. <laughs> I think it might be. I think it might well be. Oh, Hit me well with your pet naked. shark. I did say well something a little bit more Oh, fuck that song, haven't you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Def Leppard. Oh, God. Bit of Def Leppard for you here. Right. So, um, totally foreseeing the future. This was like 1986 or something, right? Um, a song mentioning iPhones. Not only an iPhone, but a red iPhone, in fact. Oh, yes! Uh, yeah, so um, let's have a listen to this. <laughs> on a red iPhone. Yeah, what does he actually say <laughs> there? <laughs> oh, they can't leave us hanging like that, man. I, I don't know what the original is, but living like a lover with a red iPhone. Yeah. Does he say with a red iPhone? I doubt it. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't hear red iPhone now. Yeah. I don't know what he was saying anyway. I never heard that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this next one I, I found this afternoon. I thought it was inspired. I, I love this one to death. I'm sorry. Um, it's an ABBA one. Um, so uh, take a chance on me. Mm -hmm. But it's not chance, so much about chance, the main vocal, chance. it's the backing vocal. Yeah, it's that, it's the backing vocal. So instead of hearing what you normally hear, hear Jackie Chan's. <laughs> if you change your mind, 
Jackie Chan, Jackie Chan, David Chan, Jackie Chan. <laughs> got not the same, eh? He's, oh. Mate, you're famous. You're in an episode. Oh, wow. Okay. You still with me? Yep. Yes. Oh, we'll keep going. We'll keep going. Um, Eric Clapton. Oh. We mentioned Eric Clapton earlier. Um, so this is one that I can totally relate to, um, um, which is a song called Forever Man, um, which uh, features the line, won't you be my bald-headed woman? Um, I want to be your bald-headed man. Um, which sounds like this. <laughs> How many times must I say In the back in the back of the yeah. yeah oh man it, it, that is yeah what is he thinking oh jesus yeah. i don't know okay. oh my god brian adams very funny brian adams pretty yeah. safe rock brian adams right Not, nothing too uh -huh. kind of outrageous or too far out there canadian oh, probably his biggest hit right summer of 69 where he, he talks about standing on his mama's corpse Wow, that song took a dark turn. It did. <laughs> okay, next up, Madonna. Two from the same song again. Madge. It's kind of rare. This. So she was, she was obviously pretty hungry when she came up with the lyrics for this one. Um, mm. So the first one is um, "Last night I dreamt of some bagels." But she was still hungry after that because then she saw a girl with eyes like potatoes. <laughs> like the Queen ones. So one of these happens to be my one as a kid that I misheard. So I'll play you the first one. So I sometimes wish I'd never been boiled in oil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kids are cute. Uh, no, no, no. So that wasn't my one. The next one is my one. Oh, right. Um, so I heard um, Beelzebub has a devil for a sideboard. Oh, an evil sideboard. Oh. Yeah. Or it could be cyborg. I mean, yeah. you know. <sighs> So we're getting into like the last couple here. I promise we're nearly there. So what's even rarer is to have two separate songs that have a shared Mondegreen and one of them answers the question raised in the other. God, did you try and spot all of this? Yeah. He's had a long day, mate. Maybe, 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 this, maybe this could be episode 33 and a third. Maybe. <laughs> so we've got um credence a bit of credence for you um uh -huh. so i have a question for you has anybody seen lorraine
I love that song now. Well, you know, <laughs> Lorraine, you see, she's a popular girl. Do you know who had the answer? No. Well, Toto did, because they found her in Africa. Uh, uh, rain down in Africa. Well played, Martha. Well played. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, um, I think you know this definitely is probably going to end up with a part two at some point. <laughs> oh, very funny. Billions of them. Billions of Jesus. them. But that was hopefully a bit of fun. And yeah, uh, yeah, if, fun. please, anyone on our website, if you've got um, if you've got some more, like add them on our Facebook page because they're all good fun, and we'll, mm. we'll include mm. some of the listener ones on our next our next episode. Yeah. Or next time we do this, the hardest, the hardest song I've ever learnt, ever ever had to to learn lyrically, would hands down be "Mbop" by Hanson. <laughs> I oh, try yeah. and work out the lyrics no, of that man, song. You can't. Yeah, you need to do that thing like with the um, with the Dolly Parton single and just put it on the wrong speed and slow it down. <laughs> why would you even try to sit? Why would you even have that on your set list? Because that's how cool my band is. <laughs> uh, gorgeous. You're wanting Science. to Science. Science. Exactly. Science. <laughs> uh, seriously, go and, go and try and uh, decipher Mbop. No, and good even, luck with that. Even Hanson can't do it now. Yeah. Well, that's about it, listeners. Um, it's been a fun one tonight. We've really enjoyed it. And thank you very much for listening. And um, we'll catch you next week. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, um, mate. Brilliant. Bye. See ya. See ya.